0: even if only a little of each. Custom dictated it. Having eaten and given thanks to the goddess Melitila for the harvest, the people retired for the night. And then the nightmare began. Just before midnight a frightful storm got up and a hellish gale blew, in which a ghastly howling, screaming and wailing were heard above the rustling of trees being bent almost to the ground, the creaking of rafters and the banging of shutters. The clouds driven across the sky assumed outlandish shapes, among which the most common were silhouettes of galloping horses and unicorns. The gale did not abate for a good hour, and in the sudden silence that followed it, the night came alive with the trilling and whirring of the wings of hundreds of goatsucker nightjars, those mysterious fowl which, according to folk tales, gather together to sing a demonic death knell over a dying person. This time the chorus of nightjars was as mighty and loud as if the entire world were about to expire. The nightjars sang their death knell in clamorous voices while the horizon became shrouded in clouds, quenching the remains of the moonlight. At that moment sounded the howl of the fell Banshee, the harbinger of imminent and violent death, and across the black sky galloped the wild hunt, a procession of fiery-eyed phantoms on skeleton horses, their tattered cloaks and standards fluttering behind them. So it was every few years. The wild hunt gathered its harvest, but it had not been this terrible for decades. In Novigrad alone, over two dozen people went missing without a trace. After the hunt had galloped by and the clouds had dispersed, people saw the moon, on the wane, as was customary during the equinox. But that night... The moon was the colour of blood. Simple folk had many explanations for these equinoctial phenomena, which tended to differ considerably from each other according to the specifics of local demonology. Astrologers, druids and sorcerers also had their explanations, but they were in the main erroneous and cobbled together haphazardly. Few, very few people were able to connect the phenomena to real facts. On the Isles of Skellige, for example, a few very superstitious people saw in the curious events a harbinger of Direa, the end of the world, preceded by Rachnaroch, the last battle between light and darkness. The violent storm which rocked the islands on the night of the autumn equinox was regarded by the superstitious as a wave pushed by the prow of the fearsome Nagalfar of Morhooch, a long ship with sides built of dead men's fingernails and toenails bearing an army of spectres and demons of chaos. More enlightened or better informed people, however, linked the turmoil of the heavens with the evil witch Yennefer and her dreadful death. Others yet, who were even better informed, saw in the churned-up sea a sign that someone was dying, someone in whose veins flowed the blood of the kings of Skellige and Sintra. The world over, the autumn equinox was a night of spectres, Nightmares and apparitions, a night of sudden, suffocating awakenings, fraught with menace, among sweat-soaked and rumpled sheets. Neither did the most illustrious escape the apparitions and awakenings. Emperor Emrieva Emris awoke with a cry in the Golden Towers in Nilfgaard. In the north, in Lan-Exeter, King Esterad Tyson leapt from his bed waking his spouse, Queen Zuleika. In Tretogor, the arch-spy Dykstra leapt up and reached for his dagger, waking the wife of the state treasurer. In the huge castle of Monte Calvo, the sorceress Philippa Eilhart leapt from damask sheets without waking the Comte de Noailles' wife. The dwarf, Jarpen Ziegrin and Mahakam, the old witcher Vesemir in the mountain stronghold of Kier Moren, the bank-clerk, Fabio Sachs, in the city of Gors and Jarl Krachan Krait on board the longboat Ringhorn, all awoke more or less abruptly. The sorceress Fringila Vigo came awake in Beauclair Castle, as did the priestess Siadrifa of the temple of the goddess Freya on the island of Hindersfal. Daniel Echeverry, Count of Garamon, awoke in the besieged fortress of Maribor, as did Zyvik, Decurion of the Dunbana in Banjean Fort, and the merchant Dominic Bombastus Uvenagel in the town of Clermont, and many, many others. Few, though, were capable of connecting all those occurrences and phenomena with an actual specific fact, or a specific person. A stroke of luck meant that three such people were spending the night of the autumn equinox under one roof. They were in the temple of the goddess Melitila in Elend.